you may have realized that being healthy feels different than it did in the past now that you're over 50. If you want to maximize your health potential but don't have time to read through overwhelming pages of Google links, this is the show for you. Welcome to Healthy Tips After 50. We love doing the research, finding solutions, talking to health experts, and learning what works and what doesn't. Now, your host. She spent the last 25 years dedicated to feeling her best and is here to share her best findings with you, Susan Rosen. Hello, everyone. This is your host, Susan Rosen, in case you didn't know. And I am here with a guest who was on the show first around the um, the end of last year, beginning of this year. And he's back for an, another discussion and kind of find out what he's doing right now and how life is treating him. So welcome, Neil McKinley. And I will read your little bio here. And Neil is a meditation teacher and mentor. He's reflecting a longstanding interest in how this work enriches and is enriched by our everyday lives. He offers a range of resources that encourage and empower us to consciously link meditation and daily living, to let the wisdom we touch through our practice come into the world we share. These include two online communities, the free to access Living Meditation Network and the subscription-based online gatherings and the Bringing Meditation to Life podcast, one of my competitors. So, <laughs> Welcome back, Neil. It's so good to have you here. Yeah, thank you. I really appreciate the opportunity. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about how life has changed and how you've changed. And, mm. you know, six months is a long time these days. Six seven months, months actually, is, huh? Yeah. Seven months is a long time. And it's been an interesting span. Um, shortly after we last spoke, um, I had been doing interviews throughout the fall. And shortly after we last spoke, I actually paused doing podcast interviews. I think mm -hmm. ours was the second to last one I did before this break. Um, I'd enjoyed all the conversations that I had, including ours, but I was beginning to feel that um, something was missing from my end of the exchange, these exchanges. And so I paused, I took some time to reflect, and um, I realized that something was missing from my end, and it needed to be integrated in to these conversations, which I've begun doing. And uh, it's had a real interesting impact on my podcast interviews. It's had a really interesting uh, impact upon my work and how about I speak about my work. And, you know, last time, you know, we talked about the fact that I am a meditation teacher. I'm a meditation mentor. And, you know, baked into these statements is the fact that I'm also a student of these this work. Um, I learned to meditate when I was a teenager and when I was a competitive swimmer. At a certain point, um, I studied and practiced in a series of two communities that were rooted in Tibetan Buddhism, that gave me opportunities to engage formal curriculum, that gave me opportunities to do long retreats. And then around about 2016, my relationship with the second uh, of these communities started to quiver. 
started to shake and fray a little bit as I began to feel uncomfortable about how the leader was treating specifically his closest students. And by 2018, this discomfort had intensified um, when it be- as it became apparent that in spite of what I believed, in spite of what I'd been told, in spite of what I had told others as a leader in this community, what was driving that situation to my eye was not the teachings of meditation, not the practice of meditation, not the well-being and the development of the students, but really the self-centered impulses of a leader and the extents that he was willing to go to assert these impulses uh, created again to my eye an environment that was characterized by manipulation and disempowerment Mm. and a profound, profound sense of disrespect, fundamental disrespect. Mm. And so for all of 2019, I struggled with this. Um, There was a struggled with the dissonance between what was going on and or what I thought was going on and what I now saw to be happening my very with my very own eyes. Struggled with the depression and anxiety that came out from arose from having my own inner intelligence undermined so completely, so frequently, mm-hmm. such an ongoing way. So I struggled all the way through 2019. And then at a certain point, um, I became so mentally and physically compromised that I just had to leave so basically unhealthy that I had to leave, which is what I did in February, 2020. Well, it, it's, I know we kind of touched on this a little bit just before, but you know, I, my reaction is how good on you that you saw this and put yourself and your family first, you know, that that self self care. If we don't take care of ourselves, really nobody else is going to. Yeah, and it really became apparent that that was the case. That mm-hmm. we're continuing to function or try or dysfunction within that environment was um, no longer. It wasn't even no longer sustainable. It was just no longer possible. And, uh, you know, the choice was to continue to um, degrade both physically and mentally or to leave. And so all of which is, you know, a a huge portion of uh, life experience that I didn't speak to last time, which was the the missing piece, I think, in these uh, Mm. these these conversations. Okay, okay. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about about your journey? From that point to where we are now. Well, it has been and continues to be a journey. I mean, it really, really uh, is the case. And, you know, of course, the first thing is leaving. It's huge. I mean, that is a life-changing event. You know, I'd been part of this situation for 20 years. And February 2020, I walk away. And there was a lot of relief in getting out of that situation and a lot of loss, an overwhelming amount of loss. You know, I mean, I lost a path, I lost peers, I lost livelihood, trust, confidence, direction. Yeah. Um, there was so much loss, and I really didn't know what to do with this. Um, I walked, I walked, I wandered a lot. Uh, I stared out the window a lot. And there's at least two other things that came into my life or that were part of my life that I think are notable. One is that I meditated. And that may sound a bit surprising for a meditation teacher to say, but I really didn't know why I was meditating. 
I just meditated almost every day. And as I meditated, I started to settle into what was happening for me, not changing, not getting rid of, not finding something other than that lostness, mm-hmm. but I started to settle into that lostness. Mm-hmm. And as I settled in, there was this experience of insight that came and it was insight. You know, it was, wasn't the kind of insight I might read about in books about meditation, insight into egolessness or emptiness or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It was insight that often spoke directly what, to what was happening to me, mm-hmm. that lostness. Mm-hmm. And this suggested to me a phase or an aspect of meditation that I hadn't really recognized before, one in which I allow the revelation that arises out of the settling that meditation brings into my life to actually guide me into the world. And so that's what I started doing because I had no idea what else to do. And that sounds, you know, I hear that and I think, oh, that sounds a little bit like big words, capital this, capital that, capital. But it was so granular in every day. If if what came up was a sense that I was weary, I would rest. If it was a sense of loneliness, I would reach out. And if it was a sense of stuckness, I'd do reach out for therapy. I'd do trauma therapy. I did a lot of EMDR Mm -hmm. over the last couple Mm -hmm. of years. Mm -hmm. So that's the one thing, what the first notable that showed up in my life in this time um, in a new way. And the second thing worth noting in this regard is that much of this practice that I'm talk about, talking about, I did in community. I did with others. Uh-huh. You know, shortly after the end of this the 20-year relationship with this problematic mentor, COVID struck. And so if the end of the relationship resulted in 75% of my livelihood ending, COVID took the remainder, remaining 25. And so I started offering something online, something that's now the community known as the online gatherings. And Ah. this is a group of meditators that support and encourage and inspire one another as we develop a relatable understanding of the teachings and practices of meditation. And do what I just spoke about. Let the revelation that comes out of meditation guide us into our lives. And under the influence of these two, much to my surprise, I found myself moving through my loss. Not getting over, because I still have some really bad days, but slowly finding my way through. And in the process, healing that damaged relationship with my own inner knowing, Mm -hmm. um, rediscovering a bit of trust and uh, confidence that had been undermined. Mm -hmm. And finding a sense of direction and perfect purpose in my life that hadn't been there before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's and having been through something similar, having to do with well, with some people that were very close to me, um, I totally can understand that it's getting to a point of, you know, the past is the past. But it can get to, and it it never leaves because it mm-hmm. was there, right? It was, it happened. But you get to a point where it no longer holds, um, can't think what the right word is, but some, you know, that that feeling over you. It's like when you look back on it, you can look back on it um, without prejudice mm-hmm. to say, hey, that wasn't good. That wasn't good. This was okay, but I can't redo it. Mm-hmm. So let's move on. Well, and that's right. been an interesting part of the whole journey is, is is coming to understand that for the past to the be the past, mm-hmm. it first needs to be the present. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And 
with this experience, the the magnitude was so intense, and the mm-hmm. depths of what how it affected it's affecting my life went so mm-hmm. deep. The roots went so deep that there's kind of this leapfrogging experience that I'm going through. Meaning, allow a certain amount of what I went through become come into the present. Meaning, mm-hmm. I'm present to it in this moment, allowing it to be what mm-hmm. it is, so mm-hmm. that it can drift into the past. Hmm. And when I do that, there's then someone, another aspect in the queue that's waiting to come forward, right? Because I can't do it all at once. And so a lot of the process that I've been going through the last couple of years has been this leapfrogging past and presenting. Like, okay, that happened three years ago, but I I never really consciously opened to it, allowed it, welcomed it into the present. So let's Mm -hmm. do that work now. And a lot of it happens through meditation and community, but not right. all. Trauma therapy remains huge in this process. Yeah. yeah. It become comes into the present until, like you said, the charge kind of fades a bit. Mm-hmm. And then it becomes part of the past, not gone, but what I've gone through. Mm-hmm. At which point, like I said, there's some other aspect oh, of the yeah. experience. Like, oh, yeah, this thing from six years ago comes up. Mm-hmm. And then it's waiting. And then it goes back into the past and something yeah. from... A year and a half ago comes up. You know, it's been very yeah. interesting in that regard, um, mm-hmm. requiring a lot of flexibility, fluidity, and and diligence. You know, mm-hmm. on my part. Yeah, yeah. No, that makes that makes a lot of sense. That makes yeah. a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. So, moving then into the present. Mm-hmm. Um, how how are you? Because it's still it's still kind of becomes the basis, or it's a it's a piece of who you are and, and who yeah. you've been and, and, you know, where you're coming from. And even though your direction now is different, mm-hmm. which we can also talk about, um, you know, how, how is all of that working and with the people that, you know, that you are still working with? Yeah. Um, well, it, it's really interesting. Um when we talked before, I didn't understand what what you had just pointed to that all of this that had happened to me um, was was in some ways or is in some ways acting as a foundation for what I'm doing right now. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand that. Maybe I hadn't um, worked through my experience enough mm-hmm. to see and understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, and having done that a little bit, and I'm going to underscore a little bit, um, I'm about two and a half years into this healing journey. And very early on, someone who had been through something very similar with another community said, you know, and they'd been there for, they had been there for, I think, 22 years. So a similar mm. length of time. Mm. They said, you really should give yourself 10 years for this. Mm. And of course, me being me at the time, I was like, 10 years, no way. And now two and a half years in, it's like, yeah, 10 years seems really reasonable. Um, Having begun to allow this, to acknowledge that this this experience happened to me and Mm -hmm. to allow that it, of course, it's going to affect the work that I do. Mm -hmm. um, There's been, I think, a subtle and notable shift. There's been a number of subtle and notable shifts, not the least of which in the way that I talk about um, my work. Mm. I mean, the sense of purpose, the purpose that I now feel involves educating, encouraging, and empowering people. Mm -hmm. 
And if you listen to the way I described the previous, my previous situation, education, encouragement, and empowerment were all, at least, you know, towards the end with this close group of senior folks, lacking. So mm -hmm. there's this sense of educating, encouraging, and empowering mm -hmm. people, often in community, as I spoke mm -hmm. to, mm -hmm. in a supportive yeah. community, so that we can get a sense of the teachings and practices of meditation that's relevant to our lives, mm -hmm. so that we can become more familiar with and mm. present to our lives, yeah. so that we can welcome the wisdom that's inherent in our lives and let this inner wisdom guide us into our lives. And in some ways... Um, that kind of understanding of meditation and the human journey was undermined um, in the previous situation by the leader-centric focus, because it wasn't about our inner wisdom. Mm. It was about the leader's impulses and whims and whatever it might be in this present moment. So that's a big shift. And to to be in a place where I can speak to it in that way, bringing meditation to life is how I often put it. You know, the communities I host, the online gatherings, uh -huh. educate, encourage, empower and support so that we can bring the familiarity and knowing that we reconnect with in meditation into our lives. Mm -hmm. That's a, a very different formulation than I would have been able to speak to two years ago, two and a half years ago, evidently than I was able to speak to six months ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, <clears throat> go ahead. I was just going to, I was just going to say, isn't it amazing <clears throat> how it really doesn't take that long. It may take a long time to get through the hole to the other side of it. Right. But it doesn't take that long to just kind of take those first steps on the journey. Um, that's certainly one of the things that's just amazing. I feel like I'm saying this a lot, but that's another one of the things that's really mm -hmm. amazed me about this is, as you said, those first steps, they're there for us. Yeah. They may not be, I'll keep it personally, they've been there for me all the way. Mm -hmm. It may They may not be what I think they are. They may yeah. not be what I want them to be. Yeah. But one of the things I be I've begun to realize is how resourced I am as a human being. Mm -hmm. And how resourced we all are as human beings yeah. in that there is this inner knowing you know, the Buddhist tradition calls it Buddha nature, basic yes. nature. There's this inner knowing that's built into us, which means it's there. So if we're having a good day or a bad day, if we're wearing glasses or no glasses, if our hair is long or short, gray shirt, green shirt, that inner knowing is there. And when we develop a relationship with it, uh -huh. It actually does offer us a sense of not the whole journey, as you said, said no. but the next step. Yeah. You know, I need some trauma therapy. I need to go for a walk. I need to lie down. Mm -hmm. I need to start to speak to my experience in a more whole, holistic and inclusive way, which mm -hmm. means mm -hmm. my experience at the end of this community. Um, which is, you know, that came, that came out of this deepening relationship or the healing of this relationship with the inner knowing is that step. Okay. It's important to speak to this. It's important yeah. to say, this is what happened to me. Mm -hmm. This is how I'm recovering. And here's what things look like right now. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's, it's yeah. amazing. I mean, I couldn't make it up. It's just so amazing. And it's so affirming that. Yeah. 
that resourcefulness, someone called them spiritual resources to me recently. Hmm. Those spiritual resources are there for us and we can develop a relationship with them and they can offer guidance in our everyday life. Wow. Yeah. 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 And, and then the kind of the neat thing as well is that you don't have to go through trauma to have it. No. And to take advantage of it. It's just that, isn't it nice that when you do experience a trauma, that it's still there for you. Yeah. Yes. And, and can start to lay a new foundation for you. Yeah. And I, I love how you said you pointed out, you know, we don't need to go through trauma to discover this because it's always there. And I remember talking to a friend loosely along these lines and, you know, their observation was, you know, we just need to boil this down in a simple way. Right. And I was like, well, how do you boil that down? And their comment was, well, when you go to a restaurant, there are all these options on the menu. How do you know which one you're to pick? You just know that's an aspect of this inner knowing. <laughs> wow. That's a great and simple everyday example. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and the other, the other thing which I've also learned in the last couple of years and learned and, uh, you know, really in my heart that we all are okay, no matter what goes on out there, right? It's all out there. And we don't have to let it all in, number one. And number two, we can notice that it's not, a lot of it is is not what we've created, mm -hmm. right? But we always think it was, mm -hmm. you know? We always blame ourselves. And sometimes it's our fault. Yeah, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying, you know, that I'm an angel or anything like that. But, you know, bottom line is we're all okay. No matter well, what happens, you know. That's been so helpful in this whole process for me. Mm -hmm. um, to realize, like, let's let's um, imagine I'm going through a rough patch. And like I say, those still come up a lot. So I'm not feeling okay. okay. I'm not feeling okay. You know, what you point to has been so helpful. So here I am not doing okay, not feeling okay, not thinking I'm okay. And, you know, a recognition that in the midst of this, there still can be moments of stillness. There still can be moments of openness. They still can be moments of insight. There still is a base level of okayness within the not okayness. Mm -hmm. And that recognition of that okayness, that fundamental okayness does two things for me that I can think of. One, it really helps me relax that fundamental okayness and a recognition and experience of it, even if it's just a mm -hmm. sliver, lets me relax with the not okayness that I'm experiencing in my life right now. Yeah. That's one thing. Yeah. And to the extent it lets me relax, it lets me then see what the next step is. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So it's like so interesting to realize that connecting with this fundamental okayness, re or healing that basic relationship, you know, that that had been so distorted in the last couple mm. of years in my previous situation, beginning to heal that sense of basic okayness mm -hmm. actually allows me to acknowledge and accept the not okayness of my life. Mm 
more fully and find and follow the wisdom within that experience. Mm -hmm. That just blows my mind. Yeah. That just yeah. blows my mind. And yeah. again, meditation has been helpful in that. I know there's lots of other modalities that um, right. offer us that kind of uh, support and guidance. And community has been helpful in that. Just seeing other people do something similar yeah. or seeing other people really struggle and yet express something so brilliantly at the same mm. time. Yeah. Yeah. And and see other people you know, wake kind of waking up to that inner wisdom, if you want to call it that, of of that that there is this part of us that's that's like I say is always okay. Yeah. And you can pile on things and you can paint it different colors and you can do whatever you want, but it doesn't change. Yeah. And I think I, I'm beginning to suspect that this may be something, I don't want to say unique because it's not unique. It may be something notable that uh, spiritual, spiritual practitioners, contemplative people of all stripes, mm. can actually bring to the contemporary world that we find ourselves in. You know, mm -hmm. I think we've got a lot of challenges we're facing, a lot of not okayness. Yeah. And I think we need all the human resources that we can possibly muster to to meet them appropriately. And right. I'm beginning to feel more and more that part of that um, constellation of human resources that mm. we need to muster includes a relationship to our basic okayness that contemplative practice allows us to nurture and mm -hmm. uh, uh, launch from. Mm -hmm. I feel mm -hmm. like that that may be something again it's not the only thing needed um in this moment but I feel like that may be a piece of the puzzle that uh, maybe doesn't get a lot of acknowledgement is contemplative folks and their relationship bringing that relationship with basic okayness out into the world might be really really helpful right yeah. now yeah yeah no I agree I agree and and that that um right now people are, people are just you know they're all pointing fingers at other people and and saying you know you're stupid or you're this or you know and having that realization that we're all really the same and we're yeah. all coming from the same place um just makes it a little less offensive let's put it that way <laughs> You know, yeah. um, that doesn't mean we all don't get angry or we don't get upset. There's always this realization afterwards. It's like, okay, okay, you know, I don't need to go out and, and hit them or anything. Well, I think that's one of the big the big pluses, I mean, of or the big benefits of contemplative practice, spiritual practice, meditation mm -hmm. practice is mm -hmm. someone recently talked about the basic nature that I was speaking to mm -hmm. in terms of space. Mm -hmm. um, and that's certainly one of the qualities of this fundamental okayness that we top, mm -hmm. top, uh, touch into through our practices. And he was observing that um, how this comes into his life is when he's driving. He said, you know, someone cuts me off and I get really angry and yeah. I start shaking my fist. Yeah. And there's a bit of space around that impulse yeah. so that I don't actually act on it. Yes. And I see what else might be appropriate. And I mean, that's a very small mundane example, considering the magnitude of some of the challenges that we're looking at. <laughs> yeah. But I do feel like that's a piece of the puzzle. Yep. I do feel yep. like that ability to see an impulse 
and actually have some space around that impulse enough to just sort of pause and discern, okay, is this the appropriate action in this moment or is Mm -hmm. there something else that's called for? I think that's a, that's a huge shift and a much needed shift. Oh, absolutely. I agree. I agree. It's just, it's the noticing. Yeah. It's the noticing when it comes up. Yeah. Yeah. In yourself and in others. Yeah. And just say, well, that's a, okay, there it is again. Yeah. That's a great point. Seeing it come up in others and being familiar enough with the process that one can look and go, yeah, I know what that is. I know it's really painful. I know this isn't personal. I'm just going to cool my jets for a moment while you go through your process. Yeah. And you know what, even if it is personal, Mm. Mm -hmm. it's still, it's still really outside of our control. So, you know, just have to let the person calm down. So, yeah, it's, um, it, it's an interesting, life is an interesting journey. Life is an interesting journey, an interesting practice, an interesting teacher. Yeah. I mean, who would have known? Yeah. Huh. Who would have thought? I mean, it's interesting. Again, this is like interesting point number 17. Yeah. <laughs> you know, go back to February 2020 and my departure from this 20 year relationship. And, you know, to a certain extent, there was a feeling in me like, okay, this is over. I don't know what I meant by this. Like the journey's over, the path's mm-hmm. over, the learning's over, the training's mm-hmm. over, the deepening's over, you know. And, you know, what has turned out to be the case is, yeah, not by a long shot, because in some ways I feel like I've learned and uh, developed and become familiar more in the last two years than, I don't know, any stretch of time I can recall in my recent past. Yeah, yeah, it, it yeah, very much sounds like you've expanded in a lot of good ways. And hopefully became a little yeah. bit more helpful to this world of which I'm a mm. part. Mm-hmm. you know in doing so yeah yeah absolutely okay. that's a, absolutely. a big hope so you so you have um a couple of new groups then that you're you're facilitating or yeah um you know there's the living meditation network uh, which you okay. mentioned in the bio that's uh mm-hmm. you know a free to join um community which simply offers some resources you know mm-hmm. i post questions from time to time mm-hmm. i'll post talks um, I'll post, you know, images with little teachings attached, you know, just as a way uh-huh. for us to keep meditation front and center in our lives. Yeah. And then there is the online gatherings, which is a subscription-based community, which is really, I think, the uh, the heart and soul of the work that I'm doing um, right now. Uh, this is a group that has the option to meet three times a week by Zoom. Um, and as I said, basically what we're doing is we are educating and encouraging and empowering one another in all the ways that I spoke to uh, um, a few minutes ago. And it's been probably one of the most affecting um, teaching and learning environments that I've ever been part of. And that's one of the things that's really brilliant about it is because um, there certainly is an aspect of the gatherings while where I sit and I speak and it looks like a talk. And then there are other aspects. We used to call them Q&A, but that just doesn't capture it anymore. There are more discussions where we actually share our experiences, our struggles, our revelations, our discoveries, and teach one another in that way. So it's a teaching and a learning environment for me. 
um, someone the a couple of days ago said, I noticed that your way you're teaching meditation has shifted subtly in the last few months. And I said, yeah, it has. Yeah. They said, where did that come from? And I said, well, from what someone in the group pointed out. And I realized yeah. it was right on the money. And so this is one of the things I love about the gatherings is there's this almost a collegial atmosphere where, again, the fundamental assumption is we all have this basic wisdom. So if we all have this basic wisdom, yeah. maybe we all have a little bit of something to say about the meditative journey, yeah. the human journey more broadly. Maybe. Yeah. I still think there's a role for texts and traditions and teachers and guides. Oh, yeah. No, and no. I think there can be a lot more room for the wisdom that exists within mm -hmm. in all of us. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, I agree. I agree. And I, and I think where the texts and all of that come, comes in is, is in helping all of us have our own insights into yeah. and understanding, into the understanding of, yeah. of ourselves, of who we are and, and how we work. And I think that's been a big shift for me, a shift mm. from an understanding of the texts being kind of the front, the tradition being the front end of the wedge, edge of the wedge. Mm -hmm. And, you know, our individual practitioner experience following mm -hmm. to our individual practitioner experience being the front edge of the wedge and the texts mm -hmm. and the traditions and the teachers and the guides following, offering okay. support and uh, familiarity as necessary and as appropriate. Ah, interesting. Okay. So that's been a huge, okay. a huge shift. Yeah. yeah. And an empower, I, I mean, empowering, uh -huh. empowering, yeah. encouraging and empowering shift. Yeah. yeah. No, and, and I know even from, from my point of view, right, it's um, everything ar around having insights. It's like we, that's when we learn. Mm -hmm. And when we really um, embody yeah. things is when we have the insight. Yeah. You can tell me all about your insights all the time and yeah. I'm not going to change a damn bit. Right. Yeah. Have a discussion, you know, read a book, you know, I may read one sentence and go, boom, you know, mind blown life, you know, life changed. Yeah. And you read the same one. You're like, what where did she get that from right yeah and it's that it's that whole thing that we don't that so many people don't understand they're always looking to somebody else to tell them you know what they should do or how they should do it or you know give me advice mm -hmm. well you know those of us those of your listeners who are uh listening as opposed to watching right now, will not see me putting up my hand in affirmation of that. Yes, you know, there's certainly I don't I, I don't want to. Um, for me, there was something comforting and affirming and familiar and knowable Absolutely. in that approach. Um, and and there's probably some value in that approach to a certain extent at a certain mm. point to, at certain points in time. Mm. However, I think what you're pointing to is at a certain point, I think we all as um, practitioners and contemplative people, we need to be at the bow of the boat, mm -hmm. yeah. right? As it needs to, our insight, because our insights are the vehicle of transformation, not what yeah. we read in a book. And it's interesting. I think it's easy for me to mistake that, that if I'm reading a book and there's this insight, mind blown, I often think, oh, it's the book, but it's not the book. Uh -uh. It's the mind blown. Yeah. It's that embodied experience. That's it right. reminds me, 
Um, there's a social sociocultural historian by the name of Morris Berman, and he's written a whole bunch of books. And for the life of me, I can't remember whether he was writing about a personal experience or whether this was his grandfather's experience. So mm -hmm. let's assume it's it's Berman's experience. And uh, he went. He was going to Hebrew school. First day of Hebrew school, they got handed slates to, you know, and mm -hmm. they were going to learn the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet, which to my understanding is Aleph. Yeah, Aleph. Aleph. That's the way it's pronounced, yeah. Aleph. And so the teacher then handed out honey. And each of the students was to dip their finger in honey and put the okay. letter on the slate and then lick the honey off the slate. Okay. And the teacher's point was that's wisdom. Yeah. When we take it in and allow it to integrate into ourselves and affect yeah. our lives, that's wisdom. Mm, yeah. Love that story. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's, that's wonderful. Yeah. I know. Um, I, um, I've been coaching on and off for the last few years and just started and not just a few months ago, um, became a part of a, a new group um, that's called the inside coaching community. And that's the basis of all of it is it's when you coach people, you don't tell them what they should be doing. Mm -hmm. You ask questions, you be curious, and you reflect back to them what they're saying mm -hmm. so that they can have their own insights. Yeah. It, it, that's and so it's, great. And it's been, it has been, talk about mind-blowing. It has really been mind-blowing. Because we do a lot of practicing within ourselves, within our mm -hmm. group, besides, right? And there have been some of them myself that are just like, oh, shit. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. I and know seeing in my other own... people. It's just, it's, it's, it's so fun. It, I know <laughs> in my own mentoring work, it's one of the, one of the moments I so cherish is yeah. those moments where, and it, it, it's like you said. As a coach, as a mentor, as a guide, one yeah. reflects back what the other person has said, uh -huh. so their words, yeah. their phrasing, their images, yeah. and there's a shift, yeah, you can see a it. mind blowing yeah. based upon what they've actually offered, not upon yeah. any wisdom or intelligence on our parts, no, I know. on the wisdom that's coming out of yeah. uh their necessarily unique human experiences it's it's i always feel like I i'm going to fall off the chair in those moments yeah because it's so <laughs> perfect deeply affecting deeply affecting yeah 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 it really is it really is it's like watching a life change and affirming yeah. i mean just oh, affirming yes. we keep coming back to this affirming of our basic human intelligence and Absolutely. yeah, I think we all know that we cover it up with all sorts of this and that and the other thing. Fair enough. And we do need to look at that and we do need to work with that. Mm. But I think the ground though, and this goes back to something you said a few minutes ago, the ground mm. though is affirming that that's there and mm. acknowledging the moments when it's showing up mm -hmm. so that we can relax more and more with who we are and let that happen more and more often. Mm -hmm. Yep. I, I totally agree. And so that we can feel okay about taking on those clouds and obscurations and distortions that are part That's of it. Right. So that we don't feel, we don't make the mistake of thinking that because there's a distortion of the way we're seeing things that we're bad people because we're not. 
It just mm -hmm. means there's a distortion in the way we're seeing things. That's right. That's so, right. So, yeah. 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 I totally agree. I totally agree. Well, is there anything else you would like to say just to kind of wrap up all of this and, and your journey? And, yeah. You know, and, and we were talking earlier about health and wellness and how that all kind of comes together in that broad, very, very, very broad yeah. <laughs> subject. Well, as I've been, you know, getting ready for this conversation, um, mm -hmm. which has been wonderful again, thank you very much, and thank very, you. very rich, thank you. You know, as I was getting ready for this, I was thinking about the title, you know, Healthy Tips After 50, and I'm after 50. Yeah, I've been after 50 through this whole experience, and yeah. for me, <laughs> one of the things I've come to understand is that being healthy after 50, so mature health and well-being, understanding it in a very broad way, as you put it, seems to include acknowledging what I've been through in life, mm. accepting what I've been through in life, mm. and then letting the wisdom that's inherent in that experience um, begin to guide me in the world in a way that benefits myself, benefits others, benefits mm. all. That there is this um, broader notion, understanding, and experience of healthy than I had two and a half years ago. And this is now something that I'm trying to embody in my personal life and embody in my work and help yeah. others do the same, basically acknowledge, mm -hmm. accept, and let the wisdom flow. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. That's wonderful. Yeah. Very nice. Hmm. Well, I appreciate the opportunity to to you know revisit or the podcast and you know yeah. kind of off, offer this fleshed out uh, kind of in from my end anyway deeper richer yeah. sense of you know what it is that uh -huh. I have been doing and what it is that I am doing. Yeah, no, I would like that. I would like that definitely yeah. to come back on again. Yeah, well, who For knows sure. where things will be in six months? Yeah, well, that's true. Yeah, that's very true for all of us. <laughs> yeah, very true. It only takes one day to change your life, right? <laughs> well put. Yeah, that's all it takes. <laughs> okay, well, with that, I will wrap up and say that um, neither of us are doctors, and this is not to be seen as medical advice. And if you are having some issues along that line of, of medical problems, please call your own doctor go to the emergency room or whatever is appropriate. And so I will say thank you again to Neil and um, thank you to all of you listeners. And I will talk to all of you next week. Hello, everyone. This is Susan. I hope you enjoyed this wonderful interview. And if you'd like to talk more about this topic or are looking for your own breakthrough, I'm an insight coach. And I would love to gift you a session so we can talk more about this. You can reach me by sending an email to Susan at healthytipsafter50.com. I'm sure you recognize that name. This has been Healthy Tips After 50 with Susan Rosen. To stay on the cutting edge of the most effective health strategies, subscribe to this podcast and let us know what you thought of the show with a comment or like on iTunes. Visit healthytipsafter50.com for this episode's show notes, more resources, and free offers.